This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There's a place for you here. For information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Uh, Reading from Exodus chapter 24, verse 12 through 18. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. To the elders he had said, wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. The next reading is uh, from Peter, chapter 1, verse 16 through 21. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by human will. But men and women moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. I invite you to stand as we hear the gospel, which today comes from the gospel of Matthew. On this transfiguration celebration, we hear from the 17th chapter. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up. And don't be afraid. 
And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. When we lived down south in Tennessee, I could always tell when we were getting close to home because there, alongside the highway, there was this monstrous cross that had been erected. It must have been like 12 stories high. And, you know, as if to say, you know, Jesus is Lord here. We're bigger than you are. I think so, yes. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, it, it always bothered me a little bit because it seemed to be all about bigness. But there is no denying that in religion there is a vertical dimension that has always been there. You look at, at churches and cathedrals, they always have steeples, they always have crosses way high up there. It's as if they are straining upward, trying to pierce the heavens. And when one goes back and looks at the history of religion, you find this to be true from the earliest times. Religions look for the, the high places. In Jordan, I spent a day laboring up this mountain to find this rock-hewn altar at the top, one of those high places. And the earliest civilizations, the Sumerians, the Egyptians, the Aztec, all sought these high places, but they, the Egyptians and the Sumerians, tended to live in flatlands, and so they built their own high places, pyramids and ziggurats, which the Israelites saw when they were taken into exile in Babylon. And they brought back the memory of those man-made mountains. And they told the story of the Tower of Babel, a dreamlike story in which humans build and build and build and never quite seem to get there until finally God comes and disperses them. But there was always that sense that God was up there and if we can just get high enough Maybe we can pierce that veil that is between us and God. And certainly, if you have ever been above tree line, it's not hard to imagine that feeling. The air gets thin, the light becomes more intense, and it does feel like you're almost there. But in the case of the Tower of Babel, that almost thereness ends up being denied by God as the people are scattered. But today, on Transfiguration Sunday, we hear of Jesus inviting the disciples up the mountain. Not a man-made mountain, 
but God's mountain. And there at the top, they experience something. They see Jesus transfigured, is the word we use before them. And it's described at his, as his becoming brilliant, shining with, with an unnatural light. Tradition sometimes refers to it as Tabor light, named for the mountain, or uncreated light. The light that was there before creation took place. The light that is inherent in God's own nature. This light that shows up again and again in Scripture, the light that shines from the burning bush that Moses encounters, the light that settles on the top of Mount Sinai, such that when Moses comes down, his face is still shining with that light, the light that blinds Saul, soon to become Paul, and turns his life around to go off in a different direction. This wonderful hanging that the the worship group um, put up here, I I gave them my highest compliment. I, I was saying that I was looking at that and I was rewriting my sermon as I was looking at it because we tend to think of this uh, this uncreated light as being kind of warm, like, like, like the sunlight on us. And, but the heat came on and those ribbons started fluttering and it looked like lightning coming down. And indeed, if you look at images, like iconic images of the transfiguration, you see Peter, James, and John being bowled over by the experience. John, the youngest, is shown falling over backwards, being knocked out of his sandals as if unconsciously putting off his shoes on holy ground. But Peter, the eldest, says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let me build three homes, three shelters, three temples for you to live in. Because all this took place right after Jesus had put that question to his disciples, the question of who do people say that I am? And some say that he's John the Baptist, some say that he's Elijah, some say that he is some other holy man, some other prophet. And as if to answer that question, here at the top of the mountain is Elijah and Moses conversing with Jesus, deferring to Jesus. And in response to Peter's request to build homes, he's told, listen. Listen to this one. We're flatlanders. We live here in the Great Plains and we don't get mountains to ascend 
to try to find God. We live near sea level where the atmosphere is thick and it can certainly seem like God, like heaven, like Jesus are somewhere up there, over there, separated from us by the monotony of day after day, of of regularity, of schedule, of events that seem to come and go with a numbing regularity. We don't seem to get these kind of dramatic appearances, this unveiling of God. But we get moments. We get moments. Driving in this morning, coming up the highway, the sun was just beginning to rise and it was skimming off the bottom of the clouds. And I'm sitting there looking over my shoulder, trying to suck in as much of it as I can without ramming someone along the side. And I wanted to build a temple for it. I wanted it to stay. I wanted just to sit there and and be able to enjoy it, but I know it doesn't work that way. The sun will continue to roll over, and that moment will pass. But for a moment, it just felt like the grace of God itself just poured in. We all have moments like that when when somehow the curtain is pulled back a little bit and we see God, we see the world the way it's supposed to be. We see each other the way we are supposed to be. And for a moment, it feels not like us interpreting what we see, but it just feels as if something pours into our soul. And it has the power to transfigure us. It has the power to change the course of our lives. I remember reading a a wonderful little passage from one of my favorite authors, um, Beekner is his last name, and he talks about lying under a tree, just looking up through the branches, and there being two branches that, that are in the breeze are, are clicking together. And he just says that the more he looked at those branches, the more he listened to that clicking sound, the world just slowly fell away and grew silent as if, as if, Something was about to happen. As if God was just right there and then the moment passes. Those moments that bring us so close to the God we worship and so close to the God we find in each other. The gospel writer Matthew seems to have had a heightened sense of that vertical dimension. Because in his gospel, Jesus keeps going up the mountain. He gives the Sermon on the Mount, not the Sermon on the Plain. 
When Jesus goes away from the disciples to pray, he goes up the mountain, not into the wilderness as he does in other gospels. Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives to pray again. Always the sense of verticality and finding God as if he is setting up another transfiguration, which I think he is. Because finally we are, like those other disciples, invited to follow Jesus up to the high place again. We are invited to follow through Lent to Good Friday where Jesus will be lifted up on to the cross. And rather than Elijah and Moses, instead there will be two thieves on either side of him. And ironically, we will be told the world goes dark at that moment. Instead of light flooding in, the world goes dark. But that is when we see our God clearly. Our God, who there on the cross takes on the brokenness of the world takes on all that separates us from God and through that cross reveals God and brings us to God. And finally brings us through to that Easter morning when we will find that brilliant angel in the tomb saying, why are you looking here? (laughs) And as if, as the climax to a great movie, the sun rises on Easter morning with that uncreated, that Tabor light. And we are there. We who have followed Jesus up the mountain of the cross now come into that glorious light, not for a moment, but forever. Amen.